Welcome to the New Song Church Sermon Podcast. Here at New Song, we want to help people get to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions about us or want to learn more, you can check us out online at www.new-song-church.com. We'd love for you to stay connected with us throughout the week through our church app. It's free and available wherever you download apps. Just search keyword new song. And now, check out our message of the week. Are you ready to study the Word of God, yes or no? All right, get your sermon notes out. Uh, We are starting a brand new series today called Lesson Learned. Lesson Learned. And over the next, um, well, four weeks today plus three, um, we're going to be talking about a, a different um, person in the Bible and the lesson that they learned and the lesson that we can learn from them. And today, uh, we're going to talk about um, Abraham and his wife and his firstborn son. If I were to say, hey, who, who are we going to talk about today? You're going to say, we're going to talk about Sarah and Isaac. And the answer is yes, and the answer is also no, because we're actually going to talk about a lot about Hagar and Ishmael. Ishmael is Abraham's first son, and we're going to read about that in Genesis chapter 16 as we study really Hagar, Ishmael, and and uh, some some lessons that Sarah learned along her journey in life. All right, here we go. Genesis chapter 16, verse 1. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, this is right before their names were changed to Sarah and Abraham. It, it happens in the next chapter, Genesis 17. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him, but she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, the Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abraham or Abram agreed with Sarai's proposal. And by the way, this is kind of common in the day. In fact, we would view it today as kind of a, a surrogate situation. It just was common in the day, something that was normal back then. I know it's not today, but it was back then. Verse 3, so Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abram as a wife. And this happened 10 years after Abram had settled in the land of Canaan. So Abram had sexual relations with Hagar, and she became pregnant. So exactly, let me stop right there. So exactly what Sarai wanted to have happen is exactly what happened. So you would think, wow, my dream is coming true. But watch this. But when Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to treat her mistress, Sarai, with contempt. Then Sarai said to Abram, this is all your fault. That's funny right there. Because we're all sitting here saying, come on, it's not his fault. But how many times have you in your life blamed somebody else for something that you did wrong? Something that went wrong in your world, well, this is actually your fault. And you knew the whole time it was actually your fault, not theirs. It happens, everybody. It even happened to the people in the Bible. She said, this is all your fault. I, I put my servant into your arms, but now that she's pregnant, she treats me with contempt. So the Lord will show, the Lord will show who's wrong, you or me. And Abram replied, look, she's your servant, so deal with her as you see fit. And Sarai treated Hagar so harshly that she finally ran away. She finally ran away. Now, I'm not going to read the whole 
the whole story of, of Hagar and Ishmael, but let me give you a, a breakdown of it. It's exactly what ha- happened. Hagar took Ishmael. They, they ran away, and she was weeping. An angel found her weeping and just said, hey, go, go back, and it's going to be fine. And So she did that, but can I tell you, it wasn't the first time that Hagar was sent away. In fact, down, years down the road, when Ishmael was a very young teenager, and Isaac had been born, Ishmael was making fun of Isaac, and, and again, Sarah, Sarah just wouldn't have it, and Abram ended up sending Hagar and Ishmael, Ishmael away a second time. They got sent away a second time, and the second time, they actually stayed away. Now, God continued to, to bless and protect Hagar and Ishmael. You say, well, what's the, what's the great things or the bad things about Ishmael? Actually, the Bible never really says... If it, the Bible says some things, that he was kind of untamed like a wild donkey, and he, but, but the Bible doesn't really say anything negative about him, nor does it say anything great about it. We just know that the, the relationship between Sarah and Hagar and, and, and actually Sarah and Abraham was very much greatly affected by the decisions that Sarah made. But they were decisions that Sarah made not based upon God's promises, but based upon her own, can I say it, manipulation. In fact, write this down, letter A. Being impatient, which is exactly what Sarah was, being impatient comes from my lack of trust in God. Have you ever thought about this before? That when you're impatient in your life, that a lot of times, if not all the time, you're just being, you you, you don't, you're not trusting God to the level that you should. You have a lack of faith in God. So there are ladies out there and husbands out there that are, are married to an unbelieving spouse, to a spouse who's not a Christian, and they pray, and then they pray, and then they pray, and they beg God, oh God, may my husband, may my wife submit to you and give their life to you. And over the course of years, maybe even decades, they try everything they can to manipulate the situation because they don't think it's going to happen. And really, when, when that happens, when people start manipulating their circumstances, it's usually because there's a lack of trust in God. As if, let me say it to you this way, as if you could do it better than God. As if you could. And if I were to ask you in this room, how many in all honesty thought you could just do a better job than, than God was doing? And you'd say, well, I wouldn't say that. But if I were to ask you how many have ever been impatient, and tried to do things yourself, you'd say, well, yeah, I have. That's because, everybody, because, let her be, write this down. Complications occur when I trust my solutions more than God's promises. <laughs> and impatient people actually start to trust their own solution more than they trust God's promises. So, so God makes some promises in his word that we're supposed to adhere to But sometimes our impatience gets the best of us, and we start manipulating our surroundings. We start doing things that that wasn't supposed to be done because we think our solution is better than God's promises. We think our solution is actually going to solve a problem that actually God said he was going to solve. And it happens all the time. In fact, last last couple weeks we were talking about how to pursue your God-given dream. When you have a God-given dream, it takes a long time to see it come to fruition. It doesn't happen overnight, everybody. It takes a long time 
and it takes a lot of work. And in the middle of that, a lot of people get impatient and they, they, start, they, they, they start failing to trust in the Lord. Then they start manipulating things because they think their solution is better than God's solution. They think their solution is better than God's promises, but it's just, it's just not the way it works. And Sarah was tired of waiting for a son. So she takes things into her own hands, and she says, I think my solution is better than God's promise. And so Abraham, my husband, I want you to take my servant as your wife. We're going to have a son that way. And Abraham, in, in all of his wisdom, <laughs> agrees. How many know, by the way, before we go any further, that sometimes your lack of wisdom is contagious? Okay, let me say it this way. Sometimes somebody else's lack of wisdom has been contagious and you got it. Because how many of you have ever been with that friend who said, dude, we ought to do this? And everything within you said, no, we shouldn't do this. But it was contagious. Their lack of wisdom is contagious. And you did something stupid because a friend told you to do something stupid. How many know what I'm talking about? Some of you have had friends like that, and some of you have been that friend. That you were like, hey, I got a great idea. If somebody ever starts a sentence like that, it's not a great idea. I, I promise you. If they ever start a sentence like, dude, that's not good. Just ignore them at that point. It's just not a good way to start a conversation. Everybody see what I'm saying? That lack, have you ever noticed that a lack of wisdom is actually contagious? It's actually contagious. And, and that's why the Bible says it's good for you to put yourself around a lot of people that are wiser than yourself. Because just like a lack of wisdom is contagious, so is wisdom. Wisdom is contagious too. And if you hang around wise people, you'll be wise. That's what the Bible says. If you hang around wise people, you'll be wise. So we've all, we've all been stupid. We've all made mistakes. We've all lacked wisdom. We've all uh, fell for somebody else's lack of wisdom. We've tried to manipulate our surroundings. We thought that our solutions was better than God's promises and Sarah found out that her solution was not better than God's promise. She should have just been patient. And, and some of you is just sitting, oh, wait, you're, you're preaching about patience today. Yes, yes. Lesson learned. Because every single one of us have been guilty of being impatient, haven't we? Of rushing things. Of desiring something and just pushing it too fast. Of, of wanting a house that you should have never bought, of wanting a car that you should have never bought, of going into debt and you should have never went into debt, of making decisions with friendships or doing things with friends that you never should have done. You see what I'm saying? Like, oftentimes, oftentimes bad things happen in our life because we just get impatient. Just get impatient. And I'm going to teach you some lessons that we can learn from Sarah. Number one, write this down. Don't try to get ahead of God when he, hit, when he isn't moving fast enough for you or for me. Like, let's not get ahead of God when we think he's not moving fast enough. And yet sometimes we think that God's just not moving fast enough for us. Well, God, I've been praying about this forever. Well, God, I've been wanting to see this forever. Well, God, when is it, when is it gonna happen? Well, God, when is it my turn? In fact, everybody, can I, can, let me break this down for you a little bit. That a lot of people, they're, they're, they've been patient waiting for God until they see somebody else being successful in an area that they want to be successful in. 
And then all of a sudden, their impatience produces jealousy. Well, 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 why do they get that and I don't? And I work harder than they do. I should be the one to have that. Can I tell you something? If I were to ask you this, name something in your life that, that was good, that was pleasing, that was wonderful, that was godly, that came as a direct result of your impatience. Just name one thing that you said, man, I, I am so glad I was impatient because this is the great thing that happened. Now, on the other hand, how many? if I were to say, how many have been impatient and bad things happen to you, all of us would say, yeah. I mean, if I were to say, name, just name a good thing from being impatient, we would all be sitting here thinking, I don't know. Nothing's going to come to mind. Don't get ahead of God when his promises are, are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. They are to be trusted, so don't get ahead of them. Don't get ahead of them. In fact, the Bible says this in Psalm 37, verse 7. It says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Now, notice what it's saying. Don't, no, everybody, look, now look back up here for a second. So it's not saying wait patiently for your husband or wait patiently for your wife or wait patiently for your boss or your employer, or your company. It's not saying wait patiently for your kids. It's saying be still and wait patiently for him. Him. When, when you're praying about something in your life, your spouse is not the solution. God is. Your children, they are not the solution. God is. Your boss is not the solution. God is. Well, I've been waiting for a race for a year and a half, and my boss says, again, I'm just waiting for him. Could it be that you should be waiting on God instead? Because it's God's promises that are true. It is not your boss's promises that are true. In fact, what I found out is a lot of bosses lie. I would have you raise your hand, but I don't want to do that. I don't want you to throw your boss under the bus. But, you know, my wife and I have had a lot of conversations where I have made some decisions that I regretted making, and they weren't terrible decisions. I, I made them with a good heart, a good motive, and I just decided I was going to do this or I was going to give that or I was going to bless somebody with this. And then, and then more details come out, and my wife says, well, you're not going to do that, are you, now that we know this, now that we know this about them, now that we know this about the way they spent this, are, are you still going to give that? And the answer is yes. I am. Why? Because I, I still believe that we should be men and women of our word. How many think that that should be in the culture today? Like, I just want to be a man of my word. If I say I'm going to do something, then I do it. I just do it. Now, if I fail to do it, um, I, 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 I fail to do it not because I didn't want to be a man of my word, but I, usually if I ever fail to do something, it's just because I forgot to do it. And then I just go to that person. I own up for that mistake. If, and I, I teach you all of this all the time. If you mess up, own up. And if you, if you mess up, can I tell you something? If you mess up, don't sit there and lie about it. Just own up. Own up. If you mess up, own up. Just start the conversation by saying, I am so sorry. I screwed this up. I'm so sorry. I told you I was going to have this to you by this day, and, and I just forgot. Would you forgive me? And can I tell you, I've never had a person look at me and say, no, I'm not going to forgive you. 
Every single time they're like, well, pastor, that's all right. I forgive you. Of course I forgive you. If you mess up, own up. If you mess up, own up. That's just a side note. I had no reason to say that at all, except that it was just a wise thing to say. There you have it. So don't try to get ahead of God. Wait patiently for him. Wait patiently for him. Are you expecting something from from your spouse that you've been waiting on for a long time? Like, well, I'm waiting for him. I'm waiting for her. Can I tell you, just get your eyes off of him or her and get your eyes on God and say, God, I need you to do a work in their life because you're not the Holy Spirit. You can't convict. You don't have the power to convict. You don't have that power. Only God has that power. So you need to wait on God. You need to go to God. You need to trust in God. I've learned if I put my trust in people, people let me down, but God doesn't ever let me down. Just telling you how it is. People let me down, not always, but they do. But God never lets me down. So I'm gonna wait patiently Him for him. Number two, write this down. Focusing on what happens in me and not what's happening to me. This is a lesson we can learn from Sarah. That we should be focusing on what's happening in us and not what's happening to us. And there is a huge difference. When it comes to patience in your life, could it be that God has allowed you to be in that situation because he's trying to do something in you before he does something for you? He's trying to do something in you before he does something for you. And there's a big difference. Let me prove this to you in Scripture. This is James chapter 1, starting in verse 2 and then going to verse 4. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind, of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, how many know that your faith is being tested when you're having to wait for something? Okay, so does this verse apply to us? Absolutely. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Like, like God, is, God is saying, hey, listen, when you're waiting and your faith is being tested, I'm still working in you. And sometimes I need to work in you before I work for you. I'll tell you, everybody, there are some things that have happened in my life, some refining that has happened in my life that happened while I was waiting. It happened while I was waiting. God taught me things in my life while I was waiting, things that he probably would not be able to teach me had I not been in that moment of waiting. And when you're waiting, focus on what God is doing in you and not what God is just going to do for you. Number three, the lesson we can learn that my very best does not compare to what God has in mind. That my very best, whatever I could produce on my own, does not compare to what God has in mind. Okay, put your sermon notes away just for a second. Let me talk to you about this just for a moment before we close. Your very best, your very best design, your very best request, your very best answer 
does not compare to what God has in mind. Let me prove this to you in Scripture, Isaiah 64, 4. It says, for since the world began, no ear has heard and no eye has seen a God like you who works for those who wait for him. Now, now, now I just want to leave this verse up here for a second. So I want, to, I want you to get this in your inner man. I, I want you to get, get this deep. Since the world began, since the beginning of time, since before the beginning of time, no ear has heard and no eye has seen a God like you. So could we turn that into a prayer? Could we, could we go to our Heavenly Father and say, Father, I thank you that since the beginning of time, even before the beginning of time, no ear has heard and no eye has seen a God like you, a God who works for those who wait. And so, Father, I wait. I wait for you because my very best does not compare to what you have in mind, that my very best does not compare to your very best. Let, let me say it this way. Whatever you design on your own, Whatever you design on your own, God has a better design. Whatever you design on your own, God has a better design. So, so you think, well, my marriage is kind of rocky, so I'm going to have a great marriage. And we all want great marriage. If you're married, you want to have a great marriage. And, and so I see this over and over and over again. People getting impatient. They try to manipulate things to make it better, make it better. And I, I'm all for working on your marriage. I'm all for that. I think you should. And in fact, we counsel people all the time here at New Song concerning their marriages, okay? So I'm all for it. Work on your marriage. But be careful that you don't design your marriage outside of God's design. Because this, this is what I found out. I'm just giving you an example of it. When, when, when people are having some, some bad marital problems, bad relational issues, that the wife has the perfect design in her mind. And it's highly beneficial to her. But a guy has a different design in his mind, and it's highly beneficial to him. And let's go past then the guy's design and the woman's design and let's look at God's design because God's design is always better than my design because when I design things, it has some flesh involved typically. It has some Justin involved. It, it has some, well, this is going to work out best for me involved. How, how many know what I'm talking about? But when God design it, designs it, he has in mind what's best for you and what's best for others. And his design is a perfect design. So you come up with your own solution, but I promise you this, it's not as good as God's solution. I promise you that. Sarah came up with a design that was not God's design. She came up with a solution that was not God's promise. And she sucked Abraham into it. He gave in. 
And there were some bad days because they got ahead of God, because they implemented their own solution, because they, they became impatient. And, and not, you, you, you want to know what else? They're not the only ones that suffer. Hagar and Ishmael suffered too. Have you ever noticed that your impatience oftentimes doesn't make it where you just suffer? Oftentimes other people will suffer too. Like children, for instance. Co-workers, they suffer I talked to this guy, this is a great example of a talk to this guy recently. He, he, he said, Pastor, I don't know what to do at work. I said, is your boss giving you problems? He said, well, yeah, but not really. Well, how does that work? He said, he said I've got a coworker that is so angry and just so nagging all the time and snippy all the time and always telling everybody what they're doing wrong. And, and the boss gets so mad at this guy that he decides to take it out on us. Like, he, he's met, this, it's only one guy doing something wrong, but the boss is, is angry with everybody because of this one guy. And we all have to pay the price because of this one guy. What am I supposed to do with that? I told him to punch him. No, I didn't say that. I, <laughs> he would have loved it if I said that, but I did not say that. And if you want to know the truth, I told him, well, you need to have a talk with your boss. To say, hey, all of us are working great except for this guy. I said, just be honest. Be honest. But do that in private. Do that in the right way. Do it with a humble heart. Uh, don't, don't do it in front of others. That's the wrong way to do it. And, and, and I gave him some advice of how to approach your boss and say, hey, man, I know you got a lot of stress. And I'm, I'm going to try to help you out today. I think a lot of your stress is coming from this guy. What can I do? Like, how, how, can, how do you think we can solve that? Because I notice this guy is ruining your day. I don't want you to have a bad day. If you let the boss know that you're on his side, ooh, you just became a great friend of your boss. He's going to promote you down the road. Now, that being said, impatience doesn't just affect your life. It affects the lives of others, too. And, and you say, what, okay, what, what am I supposed to do? Here's, here's what to do. Know the promises of God. Learn the promises of God. Believe that the promises of God are for you, because they are. You're a child of God. They belong to you. They are yes and amen. They are yes and so be it in Christ Jesus. The promises of God, let me say it this way. As, as a child of God, I own the promises of God. They belong to me. Why? Because they belong to my father. After all, he made them. Everybody see what I'm saying? So as a child of God, the promises of God belong to me. They're, they're, they're part, it's a benefit of being in his family. Fine. So you gotta, you gotta know them. What are the promises of God? You gotta believe that they belong to you. You have to be a person of faith. We're called to live by faith, amen? We're called to walk by faith. We're, we're called to be, what's this, everybody? We're called to be believers. <laughs> so believe. And then let God work. Be patient and wait on him. Be patient, wait on him. So if you have a problem at work, God, I'm not waiting on my boss. I'm just waiting on you. 
because you're going to answer this problem. You might use my boss, but ultimately this answer is going to come from you, God, so I wait upon you. Concerning your relationship, don't design it yourself. Embrace God's design, not your own. His design is always better. Don't get ahead of God. Don't manipulate your, your, your situation to try to accomplish what you think. Don't do that. You'll typically just make a mess of things. So, so relax. Do song, listen to your pastor today. Relax. Enjoy life. Trust God. I think that's a good word for us. Moms, today, relax. Relax. Enjoy life. Trust God. Now, whether you're a guy or a girl in this room, do you receive that word from the Lord today, yes or no? Today's just a day I wanted to encourage you. I just wanted to encourage you. Relax. Enjoy life. And let's trust God together because his promises are good. And he is faithful all the time. I promise you that. Amen? Amen. Would you stand up with me today? <laughs> God's got this thing, new song. He's got this. He's working it out for your good. The Bible says that. That's one of the promises of God. He works all things out. He works all things together for the good of those who love him and that are called according to his purpose. He's got this. New song, he's got this. You just relax. You just trust the Lord. He's got it. One of the greatest stresses ever in my life happened because I was a pastor of this church, and it wasn't because of you, and it, it was just, it was just, no, nobody was to blame, uh, it, it just, just was what it was, and, and you guys know the story, it was when our finances, you know, this is years ago, years ago now, our, we had that surprise of that remodel, and our finances were just down to nothing, and my wife looked at me because I was all stressed out and crying and weeping, just depressed, and she's like, Justin, it's not not your church. Relax. God's church. And um, I didn't. When I didn't have the faith, my wife did. I love my wife. She she encourages me. When when my faith is weak, her faith is strong. And then when her faith is weak, sometimes my faith is. And 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 I'll tell you, my wife is just a treasure to me. I hope I'm a treasure to her. And she told me that day. She said, "Just just relax. Just relax." It reminds me of Aaron Rodgers, quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> what? He made one statement one time that just said, relax. And guess what happened that year, everybody? Super Bowl bound right there. And we won it. I just heard from God on that one. That was amazing. <laughs> Perfect illustration today. Everybody in this room, just relax. Enjoy life and trust your Savior. Trust your Heavenly Father. He's never failed you yet, and he won't fail you in the future. There is no failures in God. No failures in God. Moms, relax and enjoy life. And trust in the Lord. Amen. If you receive the word of the Lord today, open up your hands toward heaven. Let me bless you. Heavenly Father, I bless every person in this room with a heart of faith like they have never known before. I bless them with a spirit that is just at rest.
It doesn't mean that we have all the answers. It means that we are trusting the one who is our answer. So, Lord, I speak over this community of faith, a heart of rest, a heart that would just look at the good things of life and enjoy life the way that we are called to. You've told us, Lord, that we are meant to live an abundant life, a life that is truly life. And I speak the blessing over New Song Church that every single person would make a decision here today to trust you, to relax and just enjoy life. Enjoy all of the blessings that you've given us. And today, that's what we choose to do. We choose to focus on you and your goodness and your love for us and your blessings upon our lives. And we declare it and believe it in Jesus' name. If you agree with that today, say amen. Amen. Happy Mother's Day. Go get your picture taken, all right? Have a great day, everybody. I love you guys. As a church, it's our honor to play a part in what God is doing in your life. And we would love to continue on that journey with you. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to www.new-song-church.com backslash next steps. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.